And our only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us, or learning something new and helpful, we hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. I'm here with the one, the only, the sexy, the talented, the doing a really good job taking care of all the children, Mr. Eric Robertson. Hi. Do you think people get annoyed when you keep saying all those words about me? I don't really care is the thing. (laughs) I mean, I am so happy to be here with my beautiful husband in Provo, Utah. Eric, it is a good day to have a good day. Oh, that's a good one. I know. It's a great. I was just thinking that because yesterday I was in the bed with flu. The day before that, Eric was in the bed I with like flu. I like how you said it, like flu as a person. I was in bed with flu. It's like, I'm going to army. <laughs> I was in the bed with flu, and we had a great time. And Eric had the flu, Fiona had the flu, and I still feel a little flu-by today, but it's a good day to have a good day. Regardless of where you're at in your life, if you're like, it's a terrible day to have a good day, that's okay. We still love you. (laughs) We're glad you're here and so grateful that you are listening to episode 76. Now, we are doing this episode as a pump up because it has been since episode 28 that I have done a pump up. Is that the only other one? I mean, maybe I didn't look like really hard, but like I do know that episode 28 is a pump up on why it doesn't matter what other people are doing, what you want to do, which is really good. And you should listen to it. So if that speaks to you that, you know, you need to hear why it doesn't matter why other people are doing what you're doing, which I often need to hear. That's why I created that pump up. And this pump up is to be used similarly. And it is about doing really hard things. It's really hard for me not to say that's what she said. Well, you just just said it. I know. So (laughs) So it wasn't that hard. (laughs) Not hard. That's what she said. This episode is all about why you can do hard things, how to do hard things. And I've got four easy, I don't want to call them steps because I don't want you to feel like you have to do anything hard, but four easy tips, ideas, Eh, they could be steps for for doing things that feel really difficult to you. Now, if you are in a phase of your life where me even suggesting you doing one more thing makes you want to curl up in a ball and cry, I see you, I've been there, I'm often there, and all you need to do is listen to the first thing I say. And then you can listen to the other things if you want, and they might actually help you with whatever it is you're going through. So let's not, just for fun, like just for funsies, let's not go to that place of overwhelm and stress and ah, like that. Let's just all take a deep breath in and out. Let's feel the ground under your feet, under your bum bum. The earth is supporting you. I'm supporting you. Sexy Eric Robertson is supporting you. And I'm really excited to get into this pump up on how to do really hard things. But first, I have one getting booky with it. Na, 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 na. <laughs> right as I did that, one of the dogs went, like, right on cue. Uh, one of the dogs, we're dog-sitting a dog, and she has a diaper right now. And it's, I don't know why it's making me it harder for me to accept her. 
Yeah, she's I, just on her womanly face. I don't want to shame another woman for anything she's but you going totally through. Are. No, I've been nice to the dog. I do. She's been cute. <laughs> so the getting the getting booky with it. I don't read a lot of fiction, which is something you may or may not have noticed. But I decided to read *The Color Purple* by Alice Walker. Did you read it in high school? No. I feel like it's some pretty crazy subject matter for people to be reading in high school. I'd like to know if people are actually reading it in high school. You guys, it is so good. Like, so good. So beautiful. There's so many different angles to it. What I really, really like is kind of exploring the different relationships we can have with like a higher power or the divine, which does not seem like one of the main themes. But then when I was listening to like an introduction by Alice Walker, she said it is one of the main themes. So anyway, I'm really smart. But I wanted to share this quote that has been sticking with me that I've been repeating and sharing with people over and over again. And it is from the main character towards the end of the book. She says, the more I wonder, the more I love. And I just think that is so beautiful. And for me, it's this idea to stay curious, to stay open. And I think that is like a really good mindset to get in when we talk about doing really hard things is let's just be curious about it. Let's not get overwhelmed. Let's not feel inadequate just for a minute. You can do all of that after this pump up. I promise that. Yeah, this is my promise to you. If you will for the next whatever we go here, 15, 20 minutes, whatever we decide to do, just keep yourself in this state of wonder. Wouldn't it be cool if? Wouldn't it be interesting if? Why not? What if? Maybe, like what? whatever one of those phrases resonates with you, grab it and hold on to it. So before we get into how to do really hard things, let's talk about why it even matters. Why should we do hard things? They're hard. The purpose of hard things? Wow. I mean, that's a big question. I mean, the f- the first thing that comes to me is... That's what she said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing that comes to me is the payoff of something great. Ooh, you know, in our episode with Jordan Fernie, which we'll put in the show notes, the link to that when we were in San Francisco on the podcast tour, she says, you know, high risks yield high rewards. Mm-hmm. And so there's kind of almost like a sexy lottery, like I'm going to take this big risk and get this big payoff. There's yeah. that. Yeah. But I think... Another part of it is, as humans, we are genetically, biologically programmed to grow and to evolve, but discomfort yields growth, meaning growth is uncomfortable. Yeah. (laughs) And so that in and of itself, I think, is the reason to challenge ourselves is to get uncomfortable, to wonder, to stay curious. Otherwise, we don't grow. And what's really interesting is, and I think one of the main reasons why it's hard to do difficult things, is our culture is completely set up in a way to make it so we don't have to do anything hard. Yeah, it's... it's, We're we're increasingly developing... It's a culture of ease. Yeah, um, immediate rewards and ease. And so this isn't to be a victim and to say, oh, society made me this way. No, but 
literally everything is being set up around you so that you don't have to feel uncomfortable. Your smartphone, literally its number one function is to keep you from feeling uncomfortable. It's giving you everything immediate. Ooh, this is good. I like that. That's true though. Yeah, yeah. That's its like number one function. It's like, I'm uncomfortable at a party. Oh, let me get my phone out. I'm uncomfortable at a restaurant. Let me get my phone out. So I took a trip to St. George last week all by myself. I was all by myself working on my book. And You're you're such a big girl. I'm such a big (laughs) girl. Thanks, Eric. And I went to restaurants by myself. I was sitting there. It felt like I had some sort of social obligation to get my phone out. But I didn't want to get my phone out. I was in such a happy little mood. I was happy just like pleasantly like looking around while I was by myself eating. And that seemed almost like I almost thought like, oh, I'll make other people more comfortable if I'm on my phone while I'm eating by myself rather than just like pleasantly looking around. Like a weirdo. Like a weirdo. <laughs> But like, why is that so weird? Do you see what I'm saying? Pre-2004, it wasn't weird. Yes. So if you're like, oh, I don't do anything hard or why is it hard to do hard things? Because everything around you, Netflix, your phone, your car, like is making it easy for you to not be uncomfortable. So we have two choices in life. We get to choose some difficult things to grow through and learn through, or life thrusts really hard things upon us that we then get to decide how we want to grow through and learn through them. We don't get to choose when and how life thrusts hard things upon us. We don't get to control it, but we always get to choose how we respond to that hard thing. So maybe you have something hard in your life right now that was thrust upon you. All of these four principles, ooh, principles, that's what these are. All of these four principles are gonna apply. So let's start with number one. Here's your pump up. You can do hard things. It matters because you are not a caterpillar for the rest of your life. You're going to be that friggin' beautiful butterfly, but you're like, I'm okay being a caterpillar. No, be a butterfly. It's better. You can fly, right? (laughs) We know what you should want. I'll control you. No, listen, life's going to smush you anyway, caterpillar. You might as well choose to become a butterfly out of it. Okay. So the first principle when doing hard things, are you ready to be pumped up? I'm ready to pump you up, is get your mind right. Get your mind right. And that's why I was saying if you feel overwhelmed, if you feel drained, if you feel like you can't do anything hard right now, this is the only thing you have to focus on. You have to get your mind right. How do I get my mind right, Allison? Thank you for listening to our freaking podcast. That's a great way to get your mind right. Learn something new. Listen to something informative. Listen to something that's positive. Join my awesome on-demand membership where every single month we focus on getting our mind right. What are other cool ways to get your mind right, Eric? How do you get your mind right, sir? Um, I get my mind right by gratitude. I know we talk about that so much. You can never talk about gratitude too much. I, mean, I, even, I just re-listened I mean, to even, episode 23 where we talk about why gratitude is so important. And I relearned everything that I shared. So you guys should do, do you to learn, it too. Do you want to hear how schmucky this sounds? Yeah. Even while I was having the flu, I'm like, I'm grateful for my body that it can get sick. And I know that sounds so schmucky. But it's it, not it, it schmucky. Made my, it made the flu not as bad as in the past. And you know what? Yesterday, because it's hard for me to be in bed all day and not to start to feel guilt and shame. And yesterday, I, when I was feeling fluby, I was saying to myself, like, 
This is a really cool opportunity to rest. This is a really cool opportunity. If your body felt well enough to get up, you'd be up right now, you know? Yeah. And so I had the opportunity to watch like four episodes of World of Dance and sob like a baby through all of them because any show in which people are going for and achieving their dreams and doing hard things, I love so much. That's where this episode came from, the World of Dance. Okay, also, can we talk about, we don't need to talk about how good J-Lo looks, but Derek Howe? I don't know any of these people. How do you do? Oh, I know J-Lo. Derek Howe. Is that Julianne's brother? Huff? Is it Huff Howe? Huff Howe? I don't, is that Julianne's brother? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Huff? It doesn't matter. I can't remember now. Huff do you do? <laughs> It doesn't matter. He's doing a really good job. And Neo's on the show. Who? Neo. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, you're doing great. So, (laughs) (laughs) gratitude is a great way to get your mind right. This is something that has really helped me. And I wanted to specifically apply it to the thing that has been very hard for me to do, which has been writing my book. I've been, you guys have heard me on the podcast. I've been talking about it for a few years. Last year, I felt really impressed, really called to do it. And more than writing last year, what I needed to do last year was get my mind right. And it took me almost a year to get my mind right. Mm -hmm. Part of that is because I'd been hit by a car and needed to heal. And part of that, which was like a really big part of it. So again, like ask yourself, like, are you expecting impossible things out of yourself right now when what you need to do is heal? Like, I'm really glad that I was working towards writing my book, even when I needed to heal, because it made it so that when the time was right, I was ready. Right. If I hadn't been working towards it, if I hadn't been trying to get my mind right for the last literally 12 months, I wouldn't have been able to go and write for a week. Mm -hmm. And now I'm trying to write every single day. And so this was so helpful for me. I actually did this about my book almost three years ago. And this is when I started writing my book is I wrote down all the reasons I couldn't do it. I wrote down what all of the little, um, as Brene Brown refers to them in your head, the gremlins. I wrote down what all the gremlins in my head were saying. I wrote down all the reasons I wasn't qualified. I wrote down all the reasons it was a stupid idea and all of the reasons why I shouldn't write a book. And I cannot tell you how shocking it was. So you would think that it's you writing. You're not going to be shocked by what you write. That is the coolest thing about writing is it will continuously surprise you what comes out. There were so many issues for me feeling as if I wasn't qualified enough, I hadn't suffered enough, just basically all of the themes of my life reoccurring in why I shouldn't and couldn't write this book. And what it helped me realize is that I was setting myself up for failure. I was essentially putting myself in a position so that no amount of suffering or work or qualification would ever be enough for me to write a book. And if I hadn't written that down, It could have been years before I really realized I truly felt that way. But seeing it in writing then helped me go through each of those reasons and kind of argue with myself. Mm -hmm. And as I've been able to say, is that what I really believe? Is that what I believe for someone else? Do I believe this thought would serve me? All of the stuff we talk about all of the time. We have an amazing episode on the podcast about thought work you should listen to. Like, what is thought work and how can it work for you? Um, And all of those things help me get my mind right. 
That's cool. So that's principle number one. If you take nothing else away from this episode about doing hard things, it's it is not the actual thing that is hard. It is not, yes, like physically climbing the mountain is hard, but like freaking over half of the battle is your mind. I, I think for most tasks, 90% of the battle is your mind. Yeah, totally. And so that's cool. So you you wrote everything out and then argued with yourself. Yeah. So you basically shone a light on all the fears. Yeah. And made them like... They, then, then you were able to really see what they were. And I love how you phrased it like that because when you light and darkness, like the darkness leaves as soon as the light is there. Yeah, okay. Right? Yeah. And so that darkness in your mind where your mind isn't right, let's say where your mind isn't light, <laughs> that's where the darkness is. And that is like, literally, that's the number one thing from holding you back. Okay, then I like to get very tactical, Because you're like, that's cute, Allison. If I believe it, I can do it. But like, tell me how to actually do it. So let's move into principle number two is you need to get realistic about time. You need to get realistic about time. And so I, again, I'm using the book has been so hard for me. Objectively, like, yeah, this has been really difficult. Why has it been so difficult? You know? And now... And now I'm looking at all the the things, right? So that's why I feel like I have so much to share at this moment because it was such a struggle for me to get to this point. So I just want you to know, like, this didn't come easily. This is with a lot of reflection. I sat down to write one day and I gave myself this big block of time. So first off, I had this lie that I was believing that in order to write my book, I needed at least four hours of time a day. I'm like, yeah, 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 no, I can't sit down and write for an hour because it takes me that long to like get into the flow. So I made it almost impossible for myself because when do I ever have four uninterrupted hours? Yeah. And then I just made it this endless task. Like there was like, no end to it. So I sat down one day and I wrote and and I wrote a lot. I had a lot of time and I wrote probably like, let's say it was almost 4,000 words, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. And it occurred to me to quantify it, 4,000 words. And then I thought, wait, how many words are in a book? And then, and then I Googled like how many words are in a, in a 200 page book? And it's about 40 to 50,000 words. So all of a sudden, I was able to quantify if I sat down like this and wrote 10 more times, I would have a book. Yeah. Come on now. (laughs) No, 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 no. We can go in and say that would just be a first draft and this or that. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. I had made writing a book some endless, insurmountable task with a completely unidentified amount of time. And when I thought about it, I thought, well, that's how I ran a marathon. Mm-hmm. I've run multiple marathons and multiple half marathons. They're 26.2 miles. Mm-hmm. And then I would find a training plan and then I would follow the stupid training plan to the letter. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking about this a lot. And I was talking to Susan Peterson about this because you, Susan Peterson is so freaking successful and so good about so many things, but you want to know what she's the best at making a plan and sticking to it. Hmm. And I started thinking about like all these really successful people I know, they're good about making plans. And you know what plans are? They're just time management. That's really what it boils down to is you decide that you're going to allot a specific amount of time. Now, if you're like, I make a plan and it never works. Well, then you got to go back to principle one. There's something not right with your mind. 
because you have to either like frame it in a way so that it holds more importance for you or maybe you have to go back to like what you really want because we just did that episode about um, why you're not hitting your goals and we're like, maybe it's not what you really want. So go back to that. Get your mind right. Go back to that episode. Um, I wanted to share this principle with you. This is something that has guided my life so much since I learned about it four or five years ago. And it's Parkinson's law. And Parkinson's law is the idea that your work expands to the time available to fill it. So I saw this really, really true when I did the dance parties and when I do my workshops, when I do events, Um, because events are always on a deadline and a timeline. If I had one month to plan a dance party, I could do it. I could get a sponsor for a certain amount of money. I could find a venue. I could sell tickets. Like, I could make it happen in a month. Now... Was it fun for everyone around me? No, but I could do it. And so then I'd have like four or five months to plan a dance party and it would take like four and five times as long to plan it. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. Okay, so this happened. We were on a little camping trip with our kids. I got a video back that needed edits and I got all moody and all mad because I was like, this is going to take me hours to edit. This isn't the direction I want it to be. And I just threw like a little bit of a, a, a fit. I really did. Yeah. And then I sat down to do the edits after a couple of days and guess how long they took me. I can't remember, but it was really short. Under 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but we all do this all of the time. We really do. The idea is decide how long something is going to take you and then do it. Be more realistic about the time. Also, most things don't take as long as you think they're going to take as a general rule. So this, I I agree 100%. So this is something I I started doing is um, it was really important to me. And I think I talked about this to write the newsletter. Mm -hmm. I started timing myself. I can do it in under 30 minutes. So then when I sit down, I, I can't make all these excuses about why it's so hard to write the newsletter because it's something that can be done in under half an hour. So if you really don't know how long something takes you, time yourself, which sounds so silly. But like, why don't we do that more? Yeah, that's a good point. Time yourself. And then also set time limits. So we have a tendency at the Allison Show office to have these staff meetings that last three or four hours. We don't need to do that. Brutal. We don't need to do that. Yeah, no one does. Because I just start waxing philosophical and I start talking about all the things we could possibly do. And then I start, you know, my side tangent stories. And then I start getting discouraged about all the things that aren't working out. Where if we only have an hour to talk about certain topics, then it cuts out all the fluff. Mm -hmm. So principle number two is getting realistic about time. And some principles to help you with that is... Assign yourself time limits, measure the amount of time it takes you to do things, be realistic about the amount of time it takes you to do things. And if you don't know how long something is going to take, you simply just decide how long you want to spend on it. And then that law comes into effect. Yes. You're like, well, I don't know how long it's going to take me to have that conversation. Well, guess what? You get to decide if you want to have it in 30 minutes or if you want to have it in three hours. Mm -hmm. This idea of it just takes as long as it takes doesn't serve you nearly as well as you think it's going to. Yeah. Now, I'd like to say this. I am a person who is constantly putting myself in a position to do hard things. So I feel like I can really speak with a lot of authority on this. So listen up. I have never, ever regretted thinking that something will take less time than it does. (laughs) I have never regretted that. 
<laughs> I thought that I would be able to heal from being hit by a car in a couple of months. It it has taken 14 or 15 months and it, you still can't say I'm at 100%. I do not regret thinking that it would only take me a few months. I don't regret that. Yeah. Because it kept my mind in a good place. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. So like, I just want to share that with you. I want to testify if it takes longer than you think, who cares? Yeah, who cares? Because the time is going to pass anyway. So I want to share a new goal for you that I have for myself. I keep talking about how I wish I had taken voice lessons when I was younger. Because if I had started taking voice lessons when I was 8 or I was 15 or even I took some voice lessons when I was in my early 20s when I was just about to graduate from college and I thought I was too old to start taking voice lessons. I'm 35 and if I had started taking voice lessons when I was like 22, that would have been 13 years of voice lessons. Yeah. And I keep talking about this and all of a sudden it occurred to me, I'm 35. If I start taking voice lessons now by the time I'm 50, that's 15 years of voice lessons. There you go. And I really want to be I really want to be a Disney villain. I really want to be a Disney villain. I'm putting that in the universe and I want to take voice lessons so that I can sing my evil Disney villain song. <laughs> I am such not, a weird goal, but I it love it. It is not a weird goal. Yeah, it is. I'm so and I, I got so excited about it. And I called Eric and I was like, do you think if I take voice lessons that I can do this? And as my voice cracked. So I want you guys to all tell me I can achieve this goal because I really believe in myself. Everyone so tell her she can do it. I want to take voice lessons. So if anybody wants to give me voice lessons, I'm looking for that right now. Okay. Specifically to be a Disney villain. I want to be a Disney villain. No, I want to do like kind of pop vocal vocal styling right obviously because I want to be a pop star but also I know I have like a very character voice so this is my goal okay principle number three is to make the goal just as much about growth and process as it is about the result so to make your goal to remember at all times that your goal of the really hard thing or the hard thing like maybe you're healing from an injury maybe you just were diagnosed with something maybe you lost a loved one and I'm so sorry for that but to make the goal just as much about the growth and the process of it as it is the result so if you just were um, given some bad news about your health Your goal might be to get better. Your goal might be to overcome it. So keep that as the goal. Yes, 100%. But also keep the goal just as much about the growth and the process of how you're going to overcome it. Keep that just as much in the forefront. And doing hard things really changes for you in your life. Yeah. Also, I think that when you think about doing something hard, it's very easy to think I'm either going to get it or I'm going to lose it. Like I'm I'm either going to make it or it's it's either good or bad. And yeah. so with those two decisions, that's that's a higher risk than I'm either going to get what I, that I aimed for or I'm going to get that much closer to it for next time. So right now in Awesome On Demand, we have a weekly challenge each week. And resilience is our attribute this month. Our weekly challenge this week is you win or you learn, which is something we've talked about. I think you said that on the podcast, Eric. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and we loved it. And I turned it into a weekly challenge where the idea is either you win, meaning you achieve the goal or whatever the hard thing is you wanted to do, or you learn, which really, really, really is also winning. Oh, yeah. Anytime you try something hard, it's a win. Listen, you guys, I have made huge goals that I have not hit. Huge goals, financial goals, health goals. You know, last year, my one of my only goals last year was to write the book. And I didn't quote unquote write the book, but I spent an entire year winning and learning at how to get my mind right to write the book. Yep. 
And now I'm writing it. I'm, she's going to cry. You guys, I'm so excited about my book. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for myself. I'm so excited for whoever gets to read it. I just, I'm so excited about it. But as I was writing it last week, and I still, like I'm over about halfway done, you know, and then of course revisions and all the things. As I was writing it and I was learning and discovering and running and meditating and taking baths and researching, and I just kept saying, hey, this process this is this is it. This is it. Mm-hmm. This is you winning. This is you doing it. This is just as much fun and just as important as the book launch parties that you're planning in your head or as the cover photo shoot that you're planning right now. <laughs> because I did. I started getting so excited about the book. I just started thinking about my book launch parties, which are going to be so good. And then I started thinking about the cover shoot and what color I want the cover and how I'm going to look in the picture. And then I said, hey, those things are all fun and exciting, but don't overlook the fun that's happening right now. And so the process, the growth, the learning, just really do everything you can. And I think gratitude, again, is is one of the best ways to do that, to make sure that those are just as much a part of the hard thing as the, res- like the result of the hard thing. Yeah. So our final principle, principle number four, is it's all relative, baby. It's all relative. What's hard for you might not be hard for me. That does not mean you are incorrect or wrong in having it be difficult for you. And what's really, really difficult for me, I am positive, is really easy for you. It doesn't matter. Just because it's hard doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. One of my favorite things to say. And Things that are so hard for you now can become easier. So it's relative to your experience. It's relative to your place in life. My biggest example of that is speaking. I used to do keynotes. And when I would prepare for a keynote, I would have to block out an entire week of work, a whole week of work. Um, 40 hours practicing, rehearsing, stressing, you know, thinking about it. When I would do events, a dance party or a workshop, I I was, because I was researching for my book, I was reading and it would say, I did this event and then I crashed for three weeks. And that was not an exaggeration, was it, Eric? I would crash for, I would crash for three weeks after doing an event. And I had the realization that if I wanted to do lots of hard things in my life, they couldn't all be so big and hard. So it became relative. The perspective became relative to the life I wanted to lead. Do you see what I'm saying? Like relatively speaking, getting up, you guys, I don't, can I say this? I'm speaking at Pinterest to Pinterest. Pinterest hired me to speak. Can you even believe that? (laughs) Pinterest, right? Like such a big deal. And I'm talking to them on the phone and I'm like, no, they like, this is too big. This is too much. I can't do this. I need to be stressed about this right now. But I have to remind myself like, no, you like, this is what you like. This is all relative to the life that you're living. I don't, I'm not allowing myself the time and the space to be stressed about it for three months. You bet I'm going to prepare like a mother. You bet I'm going to make it like the best I can absolutely make it. But it does not get to wipe out everything else I'm doing in my life. It doesn't make the keynote better by doing that. So just remember, it's all relative. Like get that perspective. 
the really, really hard thing that's so hard for you right now within a few years could be something that is just second nature to you. Mm -hmm. And also it's all relative in that just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not meant to be. Just because it's hard doesn't mean you're disqualified. Just because it's difficult for you doesn't mean that you're the special unicorn who just gets to say, I don't have to do hard things. It's a freaking privilege. It's a privilege. It is a privilege to learn. It is a privilege to grow. It's a privilege to have a brain that can function. It's a privilege to have a body that can do the work. It's a privilege. That's it. And it's all relative. So quit the comparison game and especially stop comparing yourself to who you think you should be right now or who you thought you were going to be. Because it's all relative, man. You're exactly where you need to be because you're there. That's it. You're exactly where you need to be. I'm exactly where I need to be. Eric's exactly where he needs to be. We're all here. And you can do the hard thing. So the four principles, get your mind right. Get your mind right. Get realistic about time. Make the goal just as much about the growth and the process as it is about the result. Make the hard thing just as much about what you're learning as it is about what you want to accomplish or what you want to overcome. And then remember, it's all relative. It's all relative. We are all looking at reality through the murky lens of our own mirror We all have our own prescription of glasses that we've put on and we look through every morning. And it doesn't doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean you can't do it. It doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. That's it. That's what I'm constantly saying to Eric. But should it be this hard? And I'd like to say that for the most part, we're making things harder than they have to be. (laughs) Yeah. Because it gives us a sense of accomplishment. I either make things way harder than they have to be or do not recognize at all how hard they are. Yeah. Like living in those extremes. That doesn't even have to be bad or good. I just know that I like to do that. And sometimes I can step back and just be like, it's all relative. You know? Like, yeah, totally. It's well, just a speck of dust spinning on a ball, right? And that's yep. where I always go back to dust in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> and just keep that perspective. So I hope this helps you. I hope you're pumped up. I hope you're ready to get out there and to do hard things. And let me tell you why. Because the world needs you. We need you saying exactly whatever it is you have to say, dancing whatever it is you have to dance, writing whatever it is you want to write. And we need you functioning. We need you not feeling so low that you can't get out of bed. And if you feel that way, that's okay too. We just don't want you to stay there forever. Yeah. We need you we need you up. We need you talking. Okay? We need you realizing how important you are because you are the world and you are nothing. See, it's all relative. <laughs> <laughs> so n- n- there's not so much pressure, right? Right. You got this. You're doing a really good job, and I want to remind you, only you can be you, and you are already as awesome as you need to be. So why not 
go out there and do the thing you want to do. Now, we love to share the reviews that you guys leave on iTunes. We really, really appreciate them. And for every review that we read, we send you some stuff from my swag shop, Party with Allison. And we're so grateful for these reviews. We always say sharing is caring. Thank you for sharing these episodes. Will you share this episode with somebody who's doing something hard right now and say, hey, I respect you. I see you for doing this hard thing. I thought this might pump you up even more. And then we are going to read a review and we're going to send them some goodies. Eric? Uh, Kayla Rossi123 said, I listened to the pep talk in episode 61 on a day I was feeling very overwhelmed. I found this episode by chance and every word is exactly what I needed to hear. I was crying while listening because it is such a great reminder that I am enough. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. Will you shoot us an email to awesomewithallison at theallisonshow.com and we will make sure to give you your goodies. Thank you for that sweet review. I love you guys. I love this podcast. I love my husband. I love doing hard things. Um, and Eric, what are you going to take us out on? Um, I, I'm kind of uh, ADD when it comes to making music and I started a new collection called World Traveler. Awesome. And this song is called Sunrise in Bangkok. <laughs> <laughs> 